0: What's up, what's up? Welcome back to the 45th episode of Cinematic Minds. In this exhilarating installment, we're turning our focus to the iconic 1989 film, Do the Right Thing, and celebrating the extraordinary film career of the versatile actress, Rosie Perez. Get ready for a thought-provoking discussion that explores the heart and soul of this Spike Lee masterpiece and Rosie Perez's enduring impact on the world of entertainment. Hosted by his three brothers, Ed, Theo, and Malcolm Hollinsworth, we're thrilled to revisit the cinematic gem and shine a spotlight on Rosie Perez's remarkable career. Before we delve into Rosie Perez's filmography, let's take a moment to appreciate Do the Right Thing. Directed by Spike Lee, this film is a powerful exploration of racial tensions and social issues delivered with Lee's trademark brilliance. Prepare for a deep dive into this unforgettable classic. As always, a quick reminder, we are a spoiler zone podcast, so be warned that we will discuss the entire plot of Do the Right Thing. All right, let's get started. For those of you who have listened to the first 44 episodes, we thank you for returning. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, we hope you enjoy the ride. Now sit back relax and enjoy these cool sounds provided by our musical curator my bruh, DJ Chuck D it's
1: gonna be a Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says going to be hot as the devil.
2: I have been here 25 years. but Sal's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I
1: trusted you, we ended up with a
2: son. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, hey Sal, I'm going to get the on the wall it. here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Yeah. Get your own place, you can do what you want to do. What'd I tell you about that noise? what I tell you about that picture?
0: You called some brother Tartarus. You the man. Are you the man? No, you the man. Are no, you, no, you the man? The first time you turn your back, boom. Right here, man, in the back. Chill, you like to sign a sign of petition to boycott South Famous Pizzeria. Hear me what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your me, head. And that's the double truth. Groove, the power. When you got a guy, you know,
2: deep down
0: inside the way you shoot a block. <laughs> Who told you to put my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to feed my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone we on my down block down in my
2: neighborhood on my side of the street? The I can't even hear myself. think. <laughs> from Spike Lee, director of school days, and she's got to have it. Good people, please. If we
0: don't stop this, we stop it now. we're going to do something, we're going to regret it for the rest of our lives. Doctor, come on, what? what? Always do the right thing.
2: <laughs> That's it that's it I got it I'm gone okay wake up wake up wake up wake up up you wake up you wake up you wake
0: uh welcome back this is uh we are here to review one of our one of my I think my favorite film. I don't know. I think this is my favorite film. I think it's a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, the 1998, the 1989 film, um, Spike Lee's, I guess you can say third film, uh, second major, his second Spike Lee joint, Do the Right Thing. Um, this is our third installment in our focus, uh, in our series focusing on, on Spike Lee's films. Um, I'm just gonna do, uh, I gave the date, I'm gonna do a quick rundown of the cast and then maybe we can do some of our uh, first impressions because I, I just got a lot to share about this. Um, the plot on the hottest day of the year in Bedford style section of Brooklyn, everyone's hating bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. The film stars Danny Aiello, Ozzie Davis, Ruby Dee, Richard Edson, Giancarlo Esposito, Spike Lee wrote, directed, and starred in the film and produced it. Bill Nunn as Radio Raheem. John Turturro in his first film role. didn't, didn't realize this. First film role.
2: Oh. This
0: yeah. is yeah. Rosie no, Perez's film
2: role,
0: too. Yeah, no, it's a no, it's trip. Spike, dis, like, I mean, you probably, Spike literally discovered uh, Rosie Perez and John Turturro. Because he was like, hey, uh, John, uh, Dan Ayala, so since you're going to be in this, I'm going to check out one of your plays. And when he went to a play, that's when he he, he met uh,
2: John Turturro. <laughs> oh, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Vaison. I really enjoyed Frankie Vaison. um Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Rosie Perez. Roger Guinevere Smith. Martin Lawrence in his film debut, (laughs) Uh, Frank Vincent um, and and the cast goes on. So, um, you know, this, this, this was a blockbuster. Um, You know, it ranks, you know, it's on all the lists. So I think this is like the second Spike Lee film that viewing that's like in the Library of Congress and all that stuff and all on the great list, so.
2: why don't we just kind of go and start off with with first impressions on what you guys thought about this? Who'd like to start off? You got it, Malcolm. All right. Um, so yeah, I don't
3: know. I hadn't seen this movie probably in a few years. Um, I don't think I saw it until like I was like in high school or something. Um, but yeah, it was a good rewatch for sure. Um, I felt like Mookie was just a fucking asshole um in it. Um that's the character that Spike Lee plays. Um and yeah, he just sucked. I mean, I don't know. He was like not a good roommate slash brother to his sister. He was like a shitty, like kind of deadbeat dad. Like what kind touchy you feeling with his rest-
0: sister. I don't know. I thought kind of weird. That was just me though. What? he was kind of oh, touchy yeah. feeling with his sister.
3: Oh yeah, that that shit was weird. I don't know. Yeah, um, and yeah, he just like was a deadbeat dad. He sucked, and and he was a shitty employee. Like, I mean, it kind of seemed like Sal was trying to like help him out, like as a favor to uh his sister. Um, because I felt like they had like they alluded to them having some type of like history or something. And so yeah, dude, he just fucking sucked. Like. I don't know if he was supposed to be like the protagonist or not, but um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't fucking like him. Like, I mean, my least favorite character was uh, what's what's the Italian dude's name that you said that he's
0: uh, that? Spike discovered, yeah. Vito. No. Yeah. Pino and Vito. So I think Pino was John Turturro, the, John the older Tur- brother. Yeah. yeah. Pino, Pino was uh the older brother. Yeah, so he
1: was like the fucking worst. Um, I forget
3: yeah, he was like,
0: that's like cool. racist. <laughs> that's the mission with John Turturro. I like that was like my original impression of John Turturro, and I've like kind of come really like full circle. <laughs> now, now I love
1: him. Yeah, yeah, but I guess if that's your introduction, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but then he, like that—that's he, he, the thing though—is he, like he immediately redeems himself for me because he. Is uh dating a black
0: chicken, uh, jungle, jungle fever? fever? <laughs> He's like super chill,
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, everybody's like, I don't know, I feel like all the characters were like kind of being an asshole at like time from time to time. Like Radio Rahim, he was just being a dick to like the Asian people inside of the store, like for no fucking reason.
2: Bugging <laughs> out was
3: obviously wilding. Radio um, Rahim didn't deserve to die, but.
0: Yeah. Asshole. yeah,
3: I mean he wasn't like Helping to like Chill out the situation but yeah I mean It ended it just ends So abruptly too on like A bad note. like I Feel like things were kind of like Kind of chill f- like for Most of the film and then like They just go out on a really bad note. Like I mean Sal Didn't deserve that shit I mean he was obviously Like a little bit racist too Um but like they didn't no, need I mean, to, was like really
1: racist at the end there. He was like, I mean, like he was yelling like fucking nigger and all this shit. So oh yeah. I, I
3: mean, yeah, I mean that was like a heat in the moment type of situation though. Like it wasn't like, you know, I mean, that's not like okay, but like it's not like he was just chilling like Tino you know, just throwing around the N-word. But yeah. I mean, he didn't deserve to get his fucking store burnt down and like I don't know, like Mookie like fucking instigated that shit. I mean like basically he was trying to hook up those people, like those those four kids at the end, and then like they got bum rushed by Radio Rahim and Smiley and bugging out, and then that whole situation escalated.
0: And then that
1: was Sal, that was Sal's fault, kind of though, because because Buki was like, I'm trying to go. Like, why are we letting Oh, go? yeah,
3: that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, he was just trying to do like you know a solid for like his most consistent customers that are, like, in there all the fucking time. So, you know, and so, yeah, the situation escalated. Radio Rahim got killed, but he didn't deserve to, like, die, but Mookie didn't need to, like, target that shit by instigating the riot by throwing the shit into his shop, like, especially the dude that put him, like, you know, that employing him, because he, like, obviously can't, like, hold down a job, so um, I don't know. It's just, like, There was no, everybody had like their issues. There was no person that was like always good except, except Mookie's sister. I forget her name. She seemed like she was good the whole
1: time. Uh, Uh, The mayor mayor was pretty good too. I mean, he was alcoholic. He was good the whole time. Like, yeah. So he's a good
0: dude. In hindsight, I think he's like the only like decent person in the entire movie. Yeah. He's He's a good guy.
1: I Mister not- uh, Samuel Jackson character is fine too. I was thinking about this. Yeah. Senior like, Love Daddy, love
2: yeah, it. Mr. Yeah,
1: Mister Senior Love that. I mean, like he's
0: he's. Uh, I'm gonna harmless. be quote, I'm gonna be quoting some Senior to Love Daddy lines, bro. Don't. Yeah. Be- <laughs> <laughs> he's got some zingers, bro. <laughs> and
3: then you know I thought it was interesting, like or kind of ironic with like mother sister and uh the mayor's dynamic, like. Towards the end, I started to think she had like some mental health issues going on or some shit. Cause that's what here's kind of on
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. So was she like, whipped back I and forth. She was, was just... like,
1: burn it down. Burn yeah. it down. And then yeah. she's yeah. like, Yo, no, right. I got kind of no. like, I thought that you though.
0: were just pro... huh? Did she start crying though?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Where which which side are you on here? I don't even understand.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't
3: think she knows she was what was going on either, but but yeah, you know, I'm all around, you know, it's a good rewatch. Uh, you know, entertaining throughout. So yeah, I'm glad we I'm glad we revisited this one. Cool.
2: Yeah. Cool. Can I what go next? Do?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh I mean, I'm I'm not as anti Mookie as you are, um, Malcolm, but like I did this is the first time that I really just started to like focus and like, I would focus a little bit more on Mookie as like this main protagonist. And I, and I, uh, agree. He's kind of like, yeah, he's not, he's not like, he's cool. But Spike writes himself as like real cool in this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to be like uh, cool with Mookie. It feels like, you know, yeah. like even mm-hmm. bugging out, like, Everybody's, you know what I mean? Like they do that cool little handshake the whole time. Yeah. So we bring it back. back. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm like, oh, I was just gonna say that should be our thing, whatever we yeah, like. do. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. That should we gonna, we're gonna bring that back. Malcolm, we're Please. opening that at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're doing that too much. They're gonna be like the Hollywood boys have the coolest handshake. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Delete this part out of the uh out of the podcast so that yeah, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, nah. So like, but he was hell. Like he was smooth, even for like being like the weird little bug eyed
2: character that he is.
1: <laughs> you know I mean? Like he was he was smooth. It's I, I don't know. Um, just so much about that character was really interesting to me. Um, I couldn't. I you know, it's something else that I focused in on this time was just like I felt uncomfortable with the level of like uh like swearing and fighting around that child oh so, yeah you know what i mean i'm like as a parent oh yeah like, ah i feel like that's not good for him at all like she's just oh yeah like over the top like a lot you know yeah, what i mean so, like,
0: it, it, you that, what i sent y'all so in that crazy hector is pretty much mars blackman or netflix yeah. mars blackman <laughs>
1: yeah oh uh, yeah yeah um but yeah i mean so that was uh that was interesting um I I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts on this movie. Another thing that uh impression that I had this time watching it was like even last episode, I was like, man, honestly, I remember Giancarlo Esposito in school days, and then I didn't see him for years, and I saw him in uh Breaking Bad. And I knew we were watching this, and I've it's dawned on me that Giancarlo Esposito is in it, but it it re-dawned on me because he's such a drastically different character in this And mm-hmm. he was in school days. Then, honestly, yeah. I don't think that I ever like connected that that was the
0: same person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, what I was like that when, that when I was younger phone. with Rambo and Rocky. Like I remember when my was like, "That's the same person." I was like, "What?"
1: Okay, <laughs> that's that's you not as a young child, not knowing how to this. I don't because that's the same. They like it's not like, <laughs> like
0: it's not no. like so, that's Rambo long, had like, long hair. And oh. in a red thing, and Rocky had short hair.
1: That, yeah, but like, this is like a character difference. Like, a, like <laughs> acting like like embodied a completely different character. Sylvester so Sloan was like, I'm just going to cut my head and like, talk, talk exactly the same. That'd be like, yeah, Nando, right. Rambo and, and Rocky at the same. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was, he's great in it. He's great. He's an asshole. But yeah, like, I guess for me the thing is I've been trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, there's so many people to talk about. Uh, It was cool to see Robin Harris in this. The thing that uh, with Robin Harris is just really interesting. He died at 37, which means that like even 40. Yeah, yeah. so which means he was younger than you. (laughs) Like, like when this movie came out. Wait, this came out in 1989, so he was like 30. He was 36. So he was the same age as me, in this movie.
0: (laughs) Which is just just (laughs) so so now. So real talk, it could easily, very easily, me and you could be two of them, three of them dudes sitting in front of that red wall. Like (laughs) yeah,
1: like it's just so weird to me how fucking like old young people looked back in the day. (laughs) It's like. I mean, well, he died super young, too, so he was clearly not, not living the healthiest of lives, but I don't know. He was... uh That, that stood out to me this time. Um, and then the the ending, I'm just like... Um, I mean, I don't know where I stand, and I don't really get what he was trying to say. Because I don't feel like what Mookie did was justified. And... I guess I'm like, I feel like I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what this message is. It seems like if, mm-hmm. if they had like burnt up the cops car, yeah, and fucked with cops, then I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? But like yeah. destroying Sal's place was like it was like misdirected frustration. Yeah. It, you know, and it was and it was like, but why like what you know like i needed more resolution than that or something like they kind of kind of made up at the end it was weird that he like came it was like yeah, with my muddy style. you know what i mean like i don't i don't know i don't i just don't understand like it was the thing is this movie stand like it's so good but also the ending just is confusing to me but it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because he just did such a, a, a great job of creating like a a, like a like a awesome world like just mm-hmm. brooklyn it's hot day you know what i mean and it's again it was another movie of like vignettes almost like every time you'd cut away to these old black men talking about some shit um you know like on the, like those dudes on the wall or like or the, the teenage acting kids day. that were like in their late yeah. 30s right yeah <laughs> that and that it was works. another that, that was another <laughs> thing that stood out to me too was like the, those kids and that was another. That was like, why is he hassling? Like the the one actor, um, what is in the Lakers name? jersey? Yeah, I guess he was one of the Lakers. Yeah. The one who pulled off Aussie Aussie Davis. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, had a straight what? up fight. That was weird to me. Like Martin Lawrence making like it. It seems like a choice. Why he had, did they like, talk like yeah.
2: or something? talked
0: about this.
1: It's distracting and it's like it almost like makes it dis- every time you see it you're like no Yo, that's martin Lawrence," and it's like why is he talking like that
0: you know what i mean
1: i'm like damn like that that's distracts you from the cool factor of the, martin Lawrence being in this shit you know um yeah man so lot like the ending lots of characters sticking out to me uh uh just uh yeah just a cool a fun fun rewatch um yeah, but still some problem areas for sure. That's my first impression or re-impression.
0: So my first impression on this, I remember I remember all, I remember this like yesterday. Um, I remember like the lead up to this. So this was my first Spike Lee movie ever watching. So I'm watching this, and then next I watched school days. Because I remember literally watching school days and being like, these all the people from do the right thing. We're being like that. I like, oh right using this. Oh man. But now it's kind of like some weird frat guy. And I remember like thinking about that. So and also we like uh seeing uh smiley. I'm like, oh man, smiley's not special. <laughs> smiley's like you can talk regular and stuff. So I remember like I'm yeah, like, oh okay. So it's like he's got like a crew. So I'm really remember taking that and stuff. So um back to this so this was a thing so theo was just like i guess just too young so he was born in 1987 this came out in 1989. i remember like this being a thing with i right, fight the power being on like mtv and on the radio and me and dad being like this is so cool public enemy and it was just like they were talking about the news right and again he's a black director so it was like a big black movie black director I didn't know about Cans, but it started getting big in the news because it did real good at Cannes, right? And then, it, and then it came out in the summertime. <clears throat> we didn't see it in the movie theater. Mom and Dad didn't see it in the movie theater. <clears throat> so I do remember, um, and also our babysitters. Uh, I remember when Theo was real young, but we used to hang out with our babysitters, Debbie Lewis and the kids, Shelton, Jason, and Javon. I remember we were really looking forward to it and stuff, too, and we were talking to Theo about it. So, um, the first night and the first time I ever saw this was, and I remember again, like it was yesterday when we were in New York, it was just me, dad. It was me, dad, Theo, and Ma, but Theo was a baby. Um, it was like a Friday night and dad brought it home. He like, he brought it, he rented it from like the grocery store, brought it home. Ma got Chinese food. We were looking forward to it and stuff. I had he rented it the grocery store? <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that yeah, that was like before they had blockbusters. Yep. Yeah. So like people still do that, Redbox. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, before there was blockbusters, I like like it, it was in Wegmans. And then Wegmans in the grocery store, they'd have like a little stand where you pretty much instead of like, yeah, it's pretty much like Redbox, but it was just like the VHS's. And you'd return yeah. there. And then later on they invented blockbusters. We're like, oh, there's a whole store just for this. So he brought it home. And again, I ate dinner at that little white table with the little yellow chair that we have. Um, <clears throat> so I remember watching it. I remember me, dad, and ma literally being like mesmerized and like like blown away and being like, we're never seen anything like this before. And it was like so like high quality. But then like, I want to say like hip hop, but like catching the culture and stuff. And we knew it was something like it was like we knew it was like it got so much hype. And like, this is like going to be such a big special movie. And I remember like when we were watching, we felt like we were watching something we'd never seen before. And it was, it was, it was like we were we were like locked in. And it was like, you know, we always talking during movies. Me, my and dad, remember that we didn't talk during it. We were just kind of like literally locked in. Um, <clears throat> And I'll tell you a lot of my things in the rewatch. I'll tell you right now, young people <clears throat> watching it, I remember just thinking it was so cool. Especially, being, you know, I feel like when we go down to New York City, I'd be like, "Great, this is uh, this is what I actually see on New York City," and this is like, what like, you know, he's catching the culture. So being young, I kind of thought the whole movie was just going to be like, "Hey, we're hanging on out and stuff." For being young when it was an ending, I was like, "Man, that's like buzzkill. Why can't we just kind
2: of like hang <laughs> out
0: and stuff, right?" Um, it's crazy, brother, man. Like <clears throat> thirty years later, watching this as a forty-one year old man. Uh, one, I feel like it ages like fine wine. And I do think, yes, it's like, I think it's three different acts. And I love the three different acts. One, the first act is pretty much uh, <clears throat> when he's just, uh, when he wakes up and he's got the the Jackie Robinson jersey all the way up until when he takes a shower and comes back to um, take a shower um, at, at his apartment and hangs out with his sister. So that's the first act. The second act is in between all the way leading up to when he um, has relations with uh, Tina, his girlfriend. So that's the second act, kind of like warming on up. And I think it's so cool, which I hope we talk about when 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 Senior Love Daddy does the freaking roll call out. Uh, uh, I think that's so cool. And then the third act, obviously, is after Tina and in the nighttime stuff. So <clears throat> I loved it. And I think Theo remembers this. I wasn't even going to ask you what his first time was. I already know Theo's first time was watching it. We had all the Spike Lee joints on VHS at the crib. And I know I rewatched it a lot and watched it a lot. So uh, um, I got to be honest, it's the right to come on the rewatch that often for us, because you can be kind of heavy. I feel like me and him would kind of veer towards rewatching like Mo Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X. This one would be that much of a rewatchable, but um, I don't know. I really enjoy the vibe. I loved it and I'm enjoying it much more. And then I got to be honest, the ending. I don't know, I've been super emotional, like way too emo lately, but the ending as a 42 year old man, 30 years later, like, you know, post George Floyd, hits in like a totally, totally, totally different way for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I remember, I would say for like 20 years, always being like, dude, Mookie, why did you do that? I'm like, sounds like, he, you know, I, re- I remember kind of being like confused and upset with Mookie. <laughs> confused and being like, dude, that was like so unnecessary. Um, I don't think Mookie needed to do it. I don't think Sal deserved that. I don't think Rah- Radio Raheem deserved to die. I think it was just like a whole bunch of mess up situations. And
2: mm-hmm. I think there's
0: not really an answer to it and stuff. Um, I think with kind of like in line with, you see that quote, how they have at the end, they have the Martin Luther King quote and they have the Malcolm X quote pretty much. And it's just kind of like to summarize it, Martin Luther King's like violence sucks. And then Malcolm X is like, mm, is it? It's like I ain't no killer, but don't push me, right? So it's just like no really okay. answers. I like kind of, it's kind of like opened up to interpretation and stuff, right? So did Mookie do that to save Sal from people from the people from killing Sal, or did Mookie do that because Radio Rod, he was his best friend and he know what he wasn't trying to be rational. He didn't give a fuck about nothing. He just like you know what, my best friend just got killed. I don't know. I'm throwing thaw- stuff. Ah. Oh my God, They the said they loved they said he loved each other earlier that day. He was just like, "Look, hey, look, hey, hey, man. I love you, brother. I mean, Mookie's pretty popular, but that was the only person he was like, I, he ain't saying. I love you in a hug with bugging out or uh,
1: so, yeah. um, I didn't think about I didn't think about the closeness, but also I don't know it mean, even after the fact like. He's not like mourning his, he's not mourning the the lo- passing of uh fucking um
0: so that's why uh, I throw the red net. So Spike Lee was like, Mookie sucks. No, so he was like, I am not trying to make Mookie as a hero. He was like, Mookie sucks. Mookie is not that much. He was like, Mookie is he was trying, he was trying to paint that picture. So he was not trying to say that Mookie's a guy, he was like, No, Mookie sucks. And that was one of the criticism like a lot of critics were like, Man, he's the hero of the movie. He was like, is he? <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think he's a hero so um
1: also dude. like does he have like that, has this, that was a confusing part for me is because i feel like he kept like being really proud of the two 250 a week like, <laughs> like but like his sister was like, that's not that's not a lot of money. That's peanuts. But like, he yeah, like, I feel like he is like, did he? It was a joke. It, he, he was
0: posting it. so you got the reaction that Spike wanted you to get from him, which is, what the fuck, dude? You a fucking joke, right? That's stupid. He was wanting to he was wanting to paint a picture on how stupid that mentality is. Mookie's about that money. That's it. That's all you about, man. How about you handle your responsibilities? All yeah. right. But
1: it's not yeah. even that much money. Like yeah, I feel like yeah.
0: Mookie's an idiot. Mookie's an idiot. Mookie's a loser. And if you're kind of and you've come out of this being like, man, when I grow up, I won't be like Mookie. You know what I
2: mean? That's yeah. your takeaway.
0: It's not looking it's good. He's weird.
1: weird. That was weird to me. Like, yeah. even the idea, like I mean he was trying to smash like while his son was like chilling in there sitting <laughs> on his uh on his on his grandma's lap and he's just, like going into her kitchen getting her yeah! ice cream. so that Bold I mean I was dark, like I'm that disrespectful but <laughs> I mean but can we all agree that like for as annoying as Rosie Perez was in that movie, she was she was pretty
0: bad. Made her a star yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that opening scene too, man. Uh, I
2: thought
0: that was pretty great how she danced, wasn't it? Was it kind of long though. Didn't long, we go long long long. As
1: fuck? I was like, God, this is. I mean, I feel like over time she was kind of like, oh, like she was just doing the same thing at a certain point. I was she like, all right. She- this-
0: In the book, she said she had to get crutches after that, and then she had a like a tennis elbow. Oh damn! <laughs>
1: yeah, like think of it. They could have. They yeah, that shit's
3: like four minutes long.
0: Four, five. <laughs> so speaking of Rosie Perez, were there any performances or scenes that you guys want to talk about or highlight that you liked in particular?
3: I mean, I think that Danny I Leo, how do you say his name?
2: Danny Io. Yeah,
3: I think he killed it. It's Sal. Um honestly, I think that he got more lines and more screen time than like Mookie did is like. The main protagonist. So, Do you I thought,
0: know that I thought, he got uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this film. Oh, right. right. Yeah, he was the only actor to get nominated. Yeah. Yeah, that's of. I thought crazy. he was really good. I thought he killed it. In <laughs> a Spike Lee joint. I yeah,
1: mean, I at the same time, I don't really know anybody else that was real. I mean, John Tutoro was killing it, but like yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, he was killing it too, but that character was. A- idiot yeah i'm not mad about him being the only one nominated honestly like he's the only one that kind of makes sense spike lee that was the other thing spike lee's not he's not that great after in this he has times
0: all right maybe i'm stretching you know what i can't really do this but maybe i'm biased
2: i don't think he was oscar worthy the I don't think it was Oscar worthy, but but I really liked Ozzy Davis and John Turturro's performance.
0: Um, for me personally, I think it was like my first time ever seeing both of them, and I'm not going to say Oscar worthy, but if like breakthrough. If, if there's like a breakthrough thing, I do think that John Turturro really came off the screen, and even like sometimes I don't know what's the word about Ozzy Davis. Even though he can be I don't know what's the word, kind of like old school, his like acting style there's something I still I like about it so I
2: don't know that's just mm. me I don't know
0: I, I, I'll coming out of this I, I hated Pino I hated Pino but Pino's performance sticks with me more than Danny Ayello's. yeah yeah Cause also I don't know I don't know how many different things I've seen Danny in. but no I'll say this and a few other things I've seen Danny and he's just kind of being Danny Yeah,
3: like I'm he had the same character John... in Leon, the
0: professional. He was the exact same guy. Yeah, so like now, counter John Turturro, John Turturro do everything. You know what, mm-hmm. what I mean? So he can be he can do comedy, he can do he can be evil like this. And then again, he could be that other character, like he's in Jungle Fever. So I don't know. I mean, I think this Pino, like looking back at this, I, I, again, that first time I came out of this, not being like Danielle, I'm kind of being like, I hate the oldest son. That's what I was, <laughs> I was like, man. The dude come on saying nigga all the time. I hate the oldest son. So, oh. yeah. um, so what's up? Yeah. So uh, so yeah, 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 yes, was there a scene in particular that y'all want to highlight or? Um. I'd probably say the uh
3: the scene whenever uh bugging out gets his uh sneakers stepped on by the Lakers fan. And like, yeah, they just like him and like all the teenagers roll up on him and like they're all uh just like <laughs> they're all just like hyping him up in the back, antagonizing the situation. He was like, you, you spent a hundred dollars for those sneakers,
1: hundred and eight with dollars. <laughs> <108 laughs>
3: oh, <with tux>. <laughs> yeah. That shit was. I, I, I like the dialogue in that scene, um, and yeah, I just thought that was that that one. That one always sticks in my head. as like my favorite
0: scene from this movie.
2: Mm. Well, yeah. I, did y'all
0: even catch it? Like that that one dude who was like super old looking, who was also crazy in school days. How many times he would be referencing Black Panther from comic books? Oh no! You don't remember that he's like Black Panther whoop his ass. So like, <laughs> I, honestly, I've seen this movie like at least 50 times. This is the first time I realized it. So he he's, he says Black Panther would do it twice. So one, he says at that time, he says Black Panther would do that. And then the other time when um, when Bugging out was asking them for a protest and all four of them was like, "Hell no!" I've been eating peaceful since I was a little kid, right? <laughs> and, and then the other dude was just like, Black Panther would, you know, Black Panther wouldn't do that and stuff. So they yeah, they do. Uh, quick thing, I don't I know. I didn't I'm catch that. To, I'm trying to recall. Oh, I like what does bugging I say? Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block? In my neighborhood? On my side of the street? You wish you don't want to live in a black neighborhood for anyway? You don't want to fuck gentr- gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's why I think so cool, dude. 30 years ago, Spike was talking about
2: gentrification, wokeness, and police violence on black. Yeah,
0: this and, was ahead of its time, for real. Yeah, yeah. It is a crazy twist, right? So um it was getting like a lot of uh bad criticism from critics. So the ending, it's probably gonna cause riots, and I feel about this, and it's just kind of crazy. And he's like, wait, y'all all up in arms about the scene when people were breaking up property? Ain't nobody upset about the fact that a black man got killed? Unrightfully <laughs> 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 so. So that's that's crazy. So that's what he was saying back in Cairns at that time. And then the crazy thing now, and I'm looking at the research now, so yeah, um, you know, so he got robbed at Cannes, he got robbed at Cannes, and he got robbed at the Oscars, so, like, now everybody's, like, you know, in retrospect, they're like, yeah, you know what, you got robbed, so we're going to give you, like, some, like, makeup rewards, and he's like, so this is, like, in 2021, he's like, yeah, it's cool, thanks for the reward, but what was his line? His line was like, but it sucks, motherfucker's still, <laughs> he still, like, sucks, motherfucker's still getting gunned down like animals today, but... <laughs>
1: Right, um, but yeah, yeah, that's wild. I, I, I'm sorry. I, so wait, what were you seeing get? Oh yeah, it was the, uh, the, the step of my my Jordans. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. Can I say mine? My acting. Yeah, you movie? got it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I was thinking about, uh man. There's just so much. This shit goes so deep. uh <laughs> Um. I guess performance-wise, uh, I would – damn. Oh, yeah, you know what I, was, I got distracted by? I was just thinking about, like, all of the black men in this movie are kind of idiots. That's what grubs me the wrong way. Is I'm like, I don't think that there's one redeeming black male character in this movie. Like, they all – like, I feel like bugging Out and Radio Raheem – in addition to smile, like so, Smiley, the dude who stutters the whole time, he's uh, I don't even, th- I don't know, like he's got clearly a disability, but I feel like Bugging Out and Radio Rahim both have disabilities. Uh, think, or,
2: you yeah, know what I mean? Bugging so Out
0: think, I, gotta, yeah, I feel like in all three of these movies and now Real Talk in a lot of Spike Lee movies, <laughs> but like. Are there any, like, and you said not too many dudes, but are there any good white dudes? And
2: then I'm like, are any of the dudes are any of the dudes in this movie kind of like good guys? Yeah, <laughs> or, how, right? or
0: not assholes? And then I'm like, man. Yeah, the mayor. The mayor. I don't
2: know.
1: I have mean, a loser. He's, I mean, He's kind of a yeah. drunk. Like, kind of yeah, he's a drunk. He's flawed. He's flawed. But, like, I don't like this whole. It's like I don't. That whole situation could have been avoided, and I'm almost like I'm just ready. I'm sorry.
0: I think it's like, a metaphor. I think it's a lesser representation of people, and it's more a representation of it's hot, and it's a symbol of the racial tension and the heat.
2: Yeah, so the yeah.
0: heat, the whole movie, right? The move, the film is red. Mm-hmm. What is y'all talking about? It's hot. It's the hottest day of the year. It's hot. It's hot. The whole premise in the movie was inspired by a Twilight Zone uh, episode. Mm-hmm when he saw that, hey, as the heat rises, the murder rate increases, right? So it's hot. And in the whole movie, I'll tell you right now, it's about racial tension. It's less about, and I'll tell you right now, it's not really about police violence. It's about racial tension. Let's just talk about it. Let's not fake the funk. Race matters. This is America. There's an underlying belly. And it was by design. It was by design of like, hey, you know what, man? I won't say like dazed and confused, but it's like a days and confused man. This is a neighborhood, and people know each other. And you know, sometimes there's some disagreements, but we all know each other, and it's all good. But you know what? Act three. There's that underbelly. Yeah. And here's what really happens. And you know what? That tension, that tension. You know what? At that real, at that time, it explodes.
2: Right. So
0: it was a metaphor. I think it's so. I think every person in this episode, I mean, this movie, is kind of like. Right. And so yeah, and then the feet yeah, and then like again the whole spike isn't made. He doesn't really fight write, write women that well, right? So it's just kind of like the men are all flawed, and then like the two women, Joao Lee and Rosie Perez, aren't really that well rounded, right? They kind of have like Ruby D, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Ruby, yeah, Ruby D, and yeah, okay, those three, yeah. um, yeah, but I think it's just like, like all right, so
1: yeah. Back to sorry, so sorry for my no, change. no,
0: you got it, you got
1: it. Up, up on that, um. I mean, I think that Giancarlo Esposito is, yeah. I mean, I think his performance in this is just crazy. Uh, I think he's definitely my my standout, right? Like because watching this, game, it made me be like, oh yeah, he could have totally played Mars Blackman. Like, it kind of like I I could see it now. I could. It was hard for me to imagine that, but it's like because I f- I feel like. I don't know, like, I just, I didn't imagine him after school days being, like, kind of more of this New York, like, over-the-top character, but he did it, Uh <laughs> man, and he was just so fucking annoying, and it's like, what is this dude's deal? <laughs> <laughs> <I> just, like, <laughs> like, dude, chill, bro, chill. Right, and, like, dude, the way that they were picking on Sal... I would I'd be like, bro, I would hate black people by the end of this fucking movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Radio Raw, here comes to the store loud as fuck with his boombox playing like, dude, like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> Yo, here's, here's my shit, though. Here, I, like, I, like I, I like when Mookie and out say this. You the man. No, you the man. You the man. No, you the man. No, I'm just a struggling black man trying to keep my dick hard in a cruel and harsh world. I love said that. I don't think I said it as cool as he said it, but <laughs> so I like boy, that you said that. That, that that shit escalates so much when Radio Raheem and fucking uh and bugging out come in there, man. Yeah, I mean if we're and it's like they're they're only two they're like, yeah, we should totally boycott Sal. And like while Lee's character even
1: asked bugging out, like what do you like? You know there's like real ways to mm-hmm. like protest and get involved. He's like, nah, nah, I'm going to focus on this
0: minor thing. <laughs> no, bro, bro. My MVP line, Robert Harris, we're bugging out, trying to get Robin Harris to boycott. He was like, boycott, boycott, you need to boycott that barber for fucking up your head.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So that was my breakout performance. Um, and then, um, scene, it was a weird, I was, I think it was that whole, like, that whatever, the whole dynamic between Mookie and, uh, and Rosie Perez, it, like, I was like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know, there's just, like, a lot of tension there, and, like, but they're also really, like, connected, that was kind of, it was weirdly a sweet scene, right, whenever he's like, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not even trying to, have sex with you it was just like the ice and just like god bless thank god for the left eye thank god for i was like this is cute you know what i mean like that's some shit i need to like work into like you know late time, you know, try to do something experimental or whatever and like it was a cute scene but underlying it you're still like this is fucked up like you're like at work uh she you know what i mean like you're still trying to hit she said i don't want to hit like, yo, she was just arguing with you in front of the kid. Like, I don't know. It's just so, it's like, it, and then also there's a part of me that's just like, this was such almost like a, like a, a, just a cute romantic moment. But then Spike Lee was like, but we need to put some titties in there real quick. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't even a sexy, <laughs> the titty shot in there. That would have been such a wholesome, cute like, just like G rated scene or something, you know what I mean? And it's like, it kind of, it kind of like was unnecessary, like unnecessary. <laughs> like, maybe I'm just getting older or whatever, but I was like, why did you need to drop that in there? Like, that was just objectification. Right,
0: you know
1: what? It. So I'm <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, but it was just so, I don't know. It was like, but also, like, it, it wasn't uh, smooth. It was a bit, sometimes yeah. I'm just like, despite a little bit despite, exploitive? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He saw her. I was like, oh, I need to figure out a situation where I can get some see them titties.
0: (laughs) And like it was like, uh, all right, (laughs) I gotta go. I'm gonna see him. Everybody's gonna see him.
3: (laughs) It was the same type of like scene that was in do the right thing with Mars and Nola. Like those scenes were like kind of similar. And then they had that like that's gotta have it. She's gotta
2: have, it. You
1: meant she's I, gotta have like, it in that one as well. So I mean, there was an unnecessary scene in school days too. He's just got kind of weird foreplay sex scenes that yeah. like kind of allude. Like, I'm like, what are what are you bro? You got some, some kink, <laughs> kink fetishes. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that at least one was, he, huh?
3: We he opted against the sex scene with uh uh half pint and uh tanisha um whatever her name is oh
1: yeah 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 i I think you probably learned after the first movie like all right maybe not i kind
0: of forget what happens in you can allude to that I kind of forget what happens in Mobetta Blues. I imagine Denzel was like, look, Spike, we're not getting weird.
2: All right, so like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to
0: do this, I'm going to do that, but I'm not, I'm not
1: getting weird, so.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, so I don't know, like, that whole, that whole um, dynamic. The other thing that was kind of weird about that dynamic, that they kind of, like, I feel like the ne- next morning, he's like, all right, I got to go real quick to, like, get money. You Know what I mean? Like, she just blows up at him. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not even really sure he did anything wrong. Like, <laughs> like what did he do in this moment? Like, he's like, oh, I gotta go to work. And she's
2: like, what the fuck? you always leaving. and I'm
1: like, but like he that's a pretty good and he is going to work. Like, <laughs> like it was just very <laughs> confusing to me sometimes. I was like, this the level of pissed offness and yelling is like. I don't, it's confusing. Like,
3: <laughs> I mean, she was saying, like, she only sees him like once a week, though. So, like, you know, he right. do pop in, pop out. There was definitely no guarantees that he was coming back, like, after he handled his business that day. Like, he probably just was going to go fuck around or
0: not come back. I mean, I'm still called Spade. It was a toxic, unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what feels like, hmm, let's see what's going to happen to that little boy. <laughs> I mean, very different ways so yeah, it's, it's a...
1: yeah but it was also confusing because it's like they didn't never did they allude to spike doing something different uh like what was he doing you know what i mean was he fucking around yeah. was he doing drugs right. you know what I mean? like i was just like he was literally just working and with them the entire time
0: yeah yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't like, oh yeah, he's I mean, even d- it, but... uh, Senior Love Daddy is like, yeah, your lady and your son. Like yeah. on the radio.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Weird stuff. Weird stuff.
0: Uh you got um, anything else yeah. in regards to scenes or performances?
1: Um see, yeah, so uh yeah, that was that was my scene, and then that was my per- okay, performance. Okay, you probably
0: have some more of, I mean we can wrap up, we can do some more after I share mine. So in regards uh-huh. to scene, <clears throat> I really enjoyed more and more. I don't know, I'm gonna call them like my Greek chorus. The three brothers, man. I'm sorry, the three older men in front of the uh in front of the red wall. So the the Creed characters' name were actually Coconut Sid, Sweet Dick Willie, and ML. Uh-huh. I love them. So Robin Harris was killing it. Sweet Dick Willie. I mean, oh. Every scene was improvised. Every one of, oh, every one of their scenes improvised. I could totally understand that with like with Robin Harris, but I gotta be honest, I feel like their vibe. It seems like I feel like there was like your Robin. Just kind of kick it on off and then like y'all kind of go. Um, I really I really enjoyed Frankie Face On's character, uh, Coconut Sit on the on the rewatch and ML. I always liked ML, man. <laughs> what does ML stand for? M L. And I'm like, what it was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a flood. I don't know. I'm going to be on a boat. And I'm not going to give you guys anything. Oh, I like was Sweet Dick Willie really says, Ralph <laughs> Harris says, dude, you 30 cents from a What are you going to get a boat? <laughs> <laughs> love that. Right. So I just love that. Like, I feel like there was like, I don't say like a Greek chorus, but they were like, I feel like they were almost by themselves. But I liked how throughout the movie, you kind of realized that like, wait a second. They're on that corner, like right there where everything is, like where the Koreans and we're south and right there. So it's like, I don't know, I think how like like over an hour you can see, like they, they get more and more centrally into like the actual story. And I like how that too, it's like they seem to be several vignettes, and then they all kind of come like together at that end right there. So I think that's pretty cool. Um <clears throat> and then I see him coming up right now. I'm gonna say performance. I never, never, ever would have thought I would have said this. He used to get on my nerves, the character and the performer. Man, uh, what's his, Roger, I'm going to say Roger G. Smith, as Smiley. The character, the performer, the actor, I love it the more and more. And so what I actually found out about this too, like he pushed and broke himself and the character into the movie and ended up being like the spine of like the freaking movie. So like him and like Spike are friends. Spike already had everything cast, had the movie filmed on out. And he's like, Roger's like, put 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 a role in the film for me. And Spike's like, no, don't pitch me something. So Roger Grimm's like, Roger C. Smith, he sees these pictures, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna get a character. My, my character is gonna be like trying to sell Malcolm X and-, and-, and uh Martin Luther King pictures, but I'm gonna have a stutter. And you know, it just started being small. It was like one scene, and stutter. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and he was like, oh, yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm gonna be special. And then he, um, and then he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. And, th- and then it ends up being like, so I like how it escalates. So like right now, I like this scene. He's kind of annoying in the beginning. You keep on seeing. It. So like this scene right now when he interrupts Danny Aiello and John Turturro, and dude's like, get out. And he's like,
2: <laughs> i like that Thank you black man <laughs> yeah so i love that one and
0: then the other which i'm gonna if i'm cheating on the scene again though but i love it when bugging out is recruiting folks No, love it i love it how they i think this is great writing too though bugging out keeps on trying to recruit folks recruit folks everybody's laughing at them right but separately they should you know um you forget that radio Rahim had that beef so, again, once we start the third act, how does the third act start? Bugging out, walks up to Radio Raheem. And I love when he says two things. He's like, yo, Raheem, what's up, bro? You got another tape? <laughs> like, bruh, playing it all day. And Raheem's like, yo, but it's jam," So he's like, all right, cool. So now, look, I'm trying to boycott Sam's. <laughs> <times. laughs> and so Raheem's about it, right? So I like how they do that whole scene. So it's like they're rapping, they're rapping. And I feel like Robin Harris is like, yo, you need to put that stuff down. And then Raheem's like, yo, F you." And then, what's his name? name? Bugging Out goes, two times. And your boy, And, then, and, and no, and then he pulls what's-his-name over. I, I skipped it. Bugging Out is recruiting Radio Raheem, and they rapping, and they, like, cool as boycott Sam's. And then randomly, he's like, yo, Smiley, come over here. What's up? <laughs> and then they just start rapping it on and off, and the dude's like, shut up. And then Red Raheem's like, no, nah, F you. And Bugging Out was like, two times. And Smiley goes, I just love that small little vignette. I think that's like, I think that's really shot and acted very well. And also, I think you can see that's a little bit of um. Some of them were dramatic. Some of them were already stage actors. Some of them weren't. Bill Nunn, Samuel L. Jackson, Giancarlo Esposito, and Roger G. Smith—they were the guys who were like already union stage actors. And in a scene like that. And the way it's acted, you can kind of tell that those are like experienced actors compared to like some of the olds that were like a little less experienced. So love that. Um, I guess we can't talk about it, but when when we kind of wrap up some other kind of fun facts, I just got to shout out, man! I just love Senior Love Daddy and Samuel L. Jackson. I think this was. I'm I'm really trying to
2: retrace back. I feel like I saw him in Coming to America. But I don't think I, like,
0: really registered. I feel like this, though, was, like, maybe, like, my first, like, I didn't know his name. But I was, like, that guy. Right? I feel like in this movie, he, like, he wasn't, like, a one-scene guy. He had a presence. And, again, didn't know his name. But it was, like, he, he was, like, part of, like, the Spike Lee ensemble. Right? And I was, like, great. I hope I want to see him the next Spike Lee joining. So that guy, I don't know, but this was like my first kind of like Spike um, Samuel L. Jackson performance, I can remember. It was just kind of like the DJ guy. Who who is he? And you just started seeing him in everything, and he's Samuel L. Jackson. So Um, would y'all mind if I kind of like run down a few like kind of like quick facts I had before we go into like uh, movie ratings? or? cool. Yeah. There was
2: one
1: thing. Yeah, keep uh, coming. Uh, shit. <clears throat> Damn it. I forgot. I don't know. Yeah, go into
0: go into the fun facts. Um loved Radio Rahim. I guess I brought up I found out that there, his radio is in uh in the Smithsonian. I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. Um the RB roll call. You know what? I would want to do that right now, but I'm probably gonna add that clip in here. But I just really love the RB roll call. I thought that was really cool when it actually happened. I remember in 1989 him doing the R&B roll call, and that was kind of like all of like the big people at that time and the old school folks. So I think it's just like a nice little vibe. What's the R&B uh, roll call? Um, he does a uh, he, he does like I put the quote when he says when he says all of the um, the musical artists, and he's like, "Thank you for making our life just a little bit easier. Uh, um, <clears throat> we love roll call, y'all." Wookiee well, Down Productions, Rob Bass, Dana Dane, Marley Mall, Ola Tunya, Chuck D, Ray Charles, EPMD, EU. When uh, Samuel L. Jackson does that?
2: Yeah. 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 Got it. So, um, what else?
0: Yeah, y'all talked about, yeah, you talked about all that stuff. Roger
2: Ebert, I got to be honest, he gave us a pretty
0: cool um review. He was like one of the only like major white um, critics at the time to not be like, this is going to cause riots. He was like, no, just, just, just kind of, you know, got some good stuff. Um, <clears throat> have any of y'all seen Red Hook Summer? No. I, okay. That, that's a Spike film. And he said that's like a quasi sequel to this and it's in the same universe. And Mookie um, Spike Lee plays Mookie in Red Hook Summer. I guess it's like a one scene. I haven't seen it. I'm probably gonna watch it. And he's delivering pizza at Sal's Pizza. So what he says is like Sal used the insurance money from the fire to rebuild in, in Red Hook. That's Um
2: Do
1: that. and then rehire the guy who destroyed it. <laughs>
2: Something
0: else that I just thought that was pretty, I
2: don't
0: want to say cool or interesting. Um, thought was an interesting shot. So after Rady Rahim uh, gets killed, they do a shot where like everyone's standing there and it's like different people like talking, right? So it's like the Latin guy and they're like, he's saying something and then he stops talking and then the camera goes to this other person and stuff. It's like the camera's moving and stuff. I thought that was pretty interesting, cinematic. Um, That's
2: what I was going <clears> to <throat> say.
0: So, wait, I want to
1: start adding, like, be- I think it should be best favorite scene and, like, w- worst scene.
0: You Great, I mean? cool, worst scene?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I was excited. I think I was just let down by it because it was, like, the scene where Radio Rahim runs into, like, the Spanish homies and they're listening to, like, Salsa or whatever. Was mm-hmm. it Salsa or was it Rock and Roll? It was salsa. I can't remember. It was, it was salsa. It was
0: salsa. Yeah.
1: And they have like they go back and forth, like whose boombox is louder, right? And like mm-hmm. it's just weird. It's weird where it's like relatively
0: anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's kind of, like <laughs> they just like have him walk off, and the, like it's like I thought he was gonna stay there and like have you know what I mean? It was like, well, what was the point of that? Now we can just immediately turn the music back up now that you're gone, and it was just like. I just feel like that scene didn't really like do anything maybe maybe it was just yeah I don't know what the message they were trying to send with that was and I was a little
2: disappointed with it what y'all think about that scene
3: yeah I mean I felt the
2: same way yeah it was kind of anticlimactic I'm right there with you um I, I was a little underwhelmed with it and stuff. I was kind of hoping it'd be a little bit more. I
0: mean, I do love Radio Raheem, but I, I was hoping they would do a little bit more with that scene.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I did notice that the guy that was like leading the Spanish language—he was like a part of the uh, the the riots at the end, though. So, like now, I'm like in retrospect, was that supposed to be kind of like a like black? Latin solidarity scene or something or it's like, yeah, we kind of have like our little rivalries, but like, we're not we're not as tensious as like other racial
0: groups. Mm-hmm. That could have been, that could have been something of that, of that. Kind of representative of that. Um, I will say something, I don't know,
2: at a young age, I always thought like the outfits in this the clothes are pretty interesting and the pictures.
0: So, if there's another shot I want to do besides just like the cast, is this. Um, <clears throat> I want to call out Ruthie Carter again. So, she did all the costumes and outfits in this. Yeah. Um, even from Mookie. I mean, dude, even like his sister's like had an outfit. So, it's like there's a lot of different vibes, but I think Ruthie Carter puts her stamp on this. I'm also really going to call out this. Um, and I think this is my Ernest Dickerson, the cinematographer in this. I think this movie is so beautiful and cinematically shot, um, especially of like at this time a black. I, don't know, I really think people don't talk about Ernest Dickerson that much. I think he's like one of the best and one of the most prolific uh, black cinematographers. I think he's right there with um, Spike, and I feel like he's really put a stamp on the Spike Lee style. I think this movie looks so cinematic and so beautiful, and it's like so groundbreaking at the time. And I feel like it really helps sense that that sense of heat and tension. Um, and then Roby Reed, the cast. I mean, and I feel like this is like a common theme. I just got done mixing players club, but it's just kind of like this. It's it's like so much untapped, not so, so much young uh, talent of people of color that are just getting their opportunities. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just like a melting pot. Five years later, Look at what everybody in this cast is doing. It's it's crazy, right? Um, So I just wanted to call them out and maybe I want to do three senior love daddy uh, quotes before we kind of wrap it on up in some of our, uh, our rankings. So I like this one quote. The colorful today is black. That's right, black. So you can absorb some of these rays and save that heat for winter. So you want to get out on there Wear that black and be involved. (laughs) Doing the yin and yang, the hip and the hop, the stupid fresh thing, the flippity flop.
2: Ooh,
0: I have today's forecast for you. (laughs) And my last one. Here I am. Am I here? You know it. It should know. This is Mr. Senor Love Daddy doing the nasty to your ears, your ears to the nasty. Eyes only play the platters that matter, the matters they platter, and that's the truth. Ruth.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I'm telling you, Senor Love Daddy is like killing it. He's
0: just killing it like the whole time. Him and Sweet Dick Williams. You want to boycott someone? You got to start with that goddamn barber that fucked up your head. (laughs) I'm like, please, someone say something about Bugging Out's haircut. I mean, it was fresh, though. And I'm to be honest, I thought Moogie's haircut was pretty fresh, too.
3: Yeah, Moogie's haircut was dope.
0: Yeah, he was
1: clean. I thought that it was funny that he's got like a noticeably like goofy walk, though. And they kept like filming, like long shots <laughs> of him like walking on the street. Like, Anj was like, I think he's legged or something.
0: You know what I mean? Like, he's so gonna... He is. And I remember me and Ma. Ma would get, like, so, like, bothered
2: with it. And she would be, like, what? what? And so it'd be, like, a thing. And in... I
0: can't really... It's it's in one of the next movies. They start making it. So, in, like, either in Mo' Better Blues or in Jungle Fever or Malcolm X. I think in Mo' Better Blues. In the next one, he's, like, walking down the street. And then people, like, start looking at him and staring and turning around and laughing. <laughs> like... What's this t- so I think it's like in Mo Better Blues. So like they kind of like start making a thing of it and stuff. And I, that's something <laughs> I started noticing too. It's like in hindsight, I remember being like, you know, it was like Spike Lee was going into this movie. I mean, I didn't know Danny yet, know was right. The only person that anybody knew me was like Spike Lee. He was the biggest name in this, and it was like, of course he's going to be starting acting on it. But I think it was kind of cool. You see, over like the next few years, we're like, nah, bro, it's like, Let's get you behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Who we'll has Denzel be your doppelganger? Right? Oops.
2: Denzel?
0: Yeah. Cool. Mars Blackman. And again, I think he was writing. Honestly, if it went for Mars Blackman and Nike, I do not think this would have got made. So it was kind of like Mars Blackman, Nike, Spike Lee. Cool. Let's get it made. Let's put him in front of that. But now they're just kind of like, all right, well, do the right thing, you can direct Let's get Denzel. So, and I'm glad we went that direction. Is Spike Lee and Malcolm X? Yeah, yeah, um, he's like
2: a sidekick. Okay, that's what
0: I thought. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. So I also really like on the I guess kind of Ruth E. Carter, or maybe it's just more production designer thing, this is small details. I really like uh Samuel L. Jackson's like window.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like
1: fun cool would it be to, like, we walk around a neighborhood and see, like, a window like that with, like, a radio station, just, like, a radio station announcer. Uh, but then, too, like, the shit that was, like, in the window, it was just funny. There was just, like, it was just, like, a collection of hats, and there was, like, random hats Four? and a safari and shit in there. I was like, does he wear those? I think he, he does a hat change at some point, too. No, like- he
0: wears three of them. All right, I'm not gonna oh. say three. He wears at least two of them. Oh, okay, at least yeah. Two of them. Because at the yeah. one time when they do the water, he was like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah would- a, a, an, all right, so on the scene, it's on Peacock if you want to rewatch it. So um, there's a scene when like, when Mookie has a deliver. it's like right next door. When de- Mookie has delivered some stuff to Samuel L. Jackson and he's talking to Vito. And him and Vito are in front of uh, the radio station. And they're like talking and chilling. And you can see Samuel Jackson in the window in the background, being like, yo, yo, me, me, oh, <laughs> cool. And it's like, it's like, Mookie and Vito are just like sitting there chilling and stuff. And then once Mookie finally sees, him, he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, he's um, like, no.
2: <laughs> so Mookie.
0: It's so good. Um, t- and um, so, good news they say uh, Samuel Jackson said that during the filming of this, he said he slept most of the time because he wasn't outside. Everybody's doing stuff outside and he was in there. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Um, So I think that's kind of like the funny part. All right. Now we get dark about it, but I mean, so his kind of return from the darkness was in Jungle Fever, which we'll get to that, which is one of the excellent, excellent performances for him, which I say kind of helped make him, well, that, helped propel him yeah it helped kind of make him white famous because that helped yeah. get him on Quentin Tarantino's radar uh for yeah. Pulp Fiction and it was a performance we'll talk about Gator but him coming uh performing out of Gator he came out of uh rehab at that time so I'm just kind of oh, like wow. I just, yeah say to say this it's kind of like hmm he's on Spike Lee joints his stardom's going to rise and he's got a lot of downtime on any <laughs> <in laughs> film set in New York I do and then, then yeah, it's kind of it gets, so I guess so. I hate to say this, but probably let's start started getting into like you know going to the wilderness. But we all yeah. know he comes out of it and stuff. But you know, he, 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 one, I think there's one scene that kind of
1: like ties it all together because he's you're talking about Samuel Jackson and this DJ, and then Ernest Dickerson as a cinematographer. I think a scene that really was cool for me was like I don't I forget where it was in the movie, but you just see. Samuel L. Jackson in his chair, and he just like flies towards the camera, um, and like the way they they shot that was like some like uh, they had like a a rope on the chair, and they were like they had to they had to shoot it a bunch of times in order to like land it perfectly, so he would like land. I didn't right know there. that. Yeah, I remember seeing that somewhere. Like I don't know if it was some YouTube That's make on cool.
0: it. So yeah, that, that scene was a like, really cool was the racist scene when they're like you mooling your own 360-degree um, yeah. dunking. <laughs> and, like, the agency yeah. was like, you made a Coke, bagel-eating. <laughs> mean, yeah, right. I'm I actually I'm probably nah, – no. I like that clip. But, yeah, I love Samuel Jackson's quote. Oh, like, right, chill. Chill. Yeah. Chill, Bill.
2: Yeah. But that's a double truth, Ruth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and last thing, last small fact on it. Daniel Aiello's son yeah. plays uh, like the racist cop. cop inside of
0: it. Yeah. yeah Super cop. evil, man.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, damn, um, that's crazy. So they originally wanted Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert De Niro was originally offered um, the role and Robert De Niro turned it down. Uh, Darth Vader. Who's the voice of Darth Vader? Uh, James Earl Jones? He was offered the role of the mayor and turned it down. Mm. Wesley Snipes was offered a role. They did not specify. He turned it down because he acted in Major League, but then he next acted in. He could yeah, have been bugging out. out. So I
2: was, I was see- thinking that I could see him as bugging out, or but I'm like, I mean, he'd definitely be bugging out. Yeah. You think he'd I'd have to be, be bugging out? Or, or, or- Pookie? Yeah, he could have been Mookie. Yeah,
0: he could have been Mookie too. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was offered Radio Raheem's role, but he turned it down because he thought it was too small. Oh. Oh, we fucked up. I mean, not really. He didn't. I mean, he, it's a it's a
3: uh, iconic role, though.
1: Yeah, He's but like, like, like Lawrence insane. Lawrence Fishburne, we are talking about still without that movie. Yeah. What's the actor who plays? uh (laughs) he passed away yeah oh all right well still I you know he's not he's not Lawrence Fishburne level yeah
2: so
0: um I don't know I think it's a weird fact but um speaking of Wesley Snipes so actually I'm a big Bill Nunn fan all that being said he acted in pretty much Spike Lee joints and I was like, I thought he only acted in Spike Lee joints, but I recently watched uh New Jack City the other night, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And he's in that uh as the Dutta Man. Uh he's yeah. kind of like New Jack, it's like Wesley Snipes, like sidekick and stuff. So that would build on the fan.
2: All
0: right, I'm gonna do one more, Mr. Senior Love Daddy. I gotta be honest. I think I'm gonna probably start start off a little bit of the seasons like this. Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up! Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake. This is Mr. Senor Love Daddy, your voice of choice, the world's only 12 hour strongman on the air, here on WELOV Radio 108 FM. The last on your dial, but the first in your hearts. And that's the truth. Ruth? That's you, so fucking cool, man. <laughs> like, did he write that? I'm curious. Like, did Spike write that? Or did Samuel L. just kind of finesse that? I got a uh, feeling that's okay, just kind okay, of. Samuel L. Spike probably wrote it.
2: You do it I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like
0: that's setting off in that, bro. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's probably Spike writing it. Because there's a lot of good writing in it stuff, too. So, All right. Uh, rankings. Two thumbs up, one thumbs up, or uh, two thumbs down. I'm giving it two thumbs up. I think this is not only one of my favorite movies, I think it's just a great movie. And it actually really inspires me. Um, not only to tell stories, uh, just kind of like, a lot of people say it's possibly impacted the, the election, uh, the mayoral election at the time. and um, um, helped propel uh, New York to have the first black mayor at the time, kind of speaking to a lot of issues. But then secondly, not only did it inspire me like, to tell stories and to see how, you know, Spike, you know, kind of like did the gorilla, he followed through and did the gorilla, and then two, three years later, he's doing this, right? And he's getting better. You can see how he's getting better each film, right? How much better she's, School days is from She's Gotta Have It. And then so how much better this is in school days in so many different ways. So it's kind of cool to like see that growth. But then also it inspires me not only to like tell stories, but to, dare I say, to critique, I don't know, to kind of do this, right? So to talk about art, talk about how we feel about it and stuff. Because I feel like, you know, just looking back, reading like this, no one really understood it. Not no one. The overwhelming mainstream majority of film critics at that time Um, who weren't familiar with um, a lot of people representing his community, really didn't understand it. And their big takeaway was, oh man, this is going to cause riots. It wasn't really that. And it wasn't really like the whole takeaway of like, oh, what, Um, Mookie should have done that or Mookie shouldn't have did that. Really, Spike Lee has never offered any answers. And clearly like, that's kind of like the point. He was like, you know what? There's some racial tensions. Everything seems good until it ain't. And I do not have an easy answer for you. And that's kind of like, It'd be morbid, but that's kind of like life, and that's like the real world. There's some things, there's some racial tensions. Radio Rahim didn't deserve to die. Sal didn't deserve to get his place burned down. None of these things should have happened. And how do we get here? How do we get out of it? There's not really an easy, simple answer. And that's what we usually see in movies. It's usually kind of like, oh, you know what? We all learned our lesson, and we're gonna shake hands. And man. Um, and actually, that was in the original ending, in the original ending. Uh, in that last cent- uh, last scene, when Mookie gets his $250,
2: sounds like, you know what? Mookie, I understand. You had to do the right thing. That was in the original script,
0: and um, Spike Lee revised that. Um, some people don't really have the details on that, but he was kind of like, that's a little too kind of like cute. That's a little too Hollywood. He's like, nah. Um, there was also a lot of pushback too. Sometimes people were like, a lot of Hollywood execs were like, why is he going back to get that $250? Like, why? And interested in the book, Spike and Ernie and Barry Brown, the editor, they was like, they was, they was like look, we've been broke. We, like, we have been there when I'm owed $250, and I don't know where my next dollar is going to come from. I'm going, waking up tomorrow morning, get my $250. Yeah, I burned down my boss's uh, uh, place. I need my $250 because I don't know where my next dollar going to come from. So yeah. that was like a thing. Like, pe- like some of the, yeah, the Universal and Paramount were like, don't put that in there. And Spike and a lot of his people are like, no, nah, that's real. That's what real people do. Yeah,
3: that shit is kind of stupid, though. He literally yeah. threw, he broke the window. So you could say the window was like $450 that he broke. <laughs> like, so was uh, like I
0: can say this, you know, Sal could have been like, he, didn't, he Sal could have been like, money. no, you know what I mean? Sal, been, Sal, but Sal didn't do that. Sal was like, no, I'm going to throw it at you. I got to be honest, I was I was, to, I was twice surprised at a young age, too. I was like, Mookie, you got the audacity to ask him for the money. But then I was like, wait, Sal, you giving him the money?
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> like, the right. whole throwing the money thing at him did not hurt Mookie's feelings. Mookie was like, cool. <laughs> what I think what have hurt Mookie's feelings, he was like, no, I'm not giving it to you.
2: <laughs>
1: Right, and that I mean that was the thing that was very interesting too. Is like Mookie was walking. Mookie was talking to people like he was about to do some shit. I'm like, <laughs> like what would have happened? I wanted to see what played out. If Sal was like, no, fuck you, I'm not giving you money. Mookie <laughs> was not ready to put hands on Sal. Even I don't. Man,
0: think. I didn't think about that. You know, he was even saying to the sun, "I gotta be honest. I think Pino, John Turturro, if him and Mookie had to go at it, easy." <laughs> I feel like if Mookie and Bugging Out had to go out,
2: like
1: six inches on him, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, John Tutor. and then like, but Bugging Out, he was was like, You fucking my shit up, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mook. Like, why are you afraid? Like, nobody should be, you know what I mean? Like, afraid of it. Like, I don't know, maybe there was something about Mook that we didn't know. Like, he fucked somebody up, like, back in the day.
0: (laughs) I was like, Who was afraid of this man? Yeah, have, but uh, what about y'all rankings?
3: I give it, I give it uh, two thumbs up. This is a funny scene that I wanted to call out though. Is uh, whenever um, Mookie is like calling out Sal, I'm like trying to holla at his sister, and like in the background, there's just like some chick, and she's just like a cameo like uh like extra in the background she's the only one in the uh restaurant and you can just keep see her looking over like what is going on over there you could just (laughs) uncomfortable and awkward and it's just funny as shit it's like you wouldn't really notice it but it's like, she's the only one in the restaurant and they're having this awkward-ass conversation. So I just wanted to call that out. Like, just beat that the
1: Thank next you for calling me. that out. I want to see that scene. And thank you for just calling out that scene too. This is another thing where it's like, this is the bad of Spike Lee movies. I'm like, bruh, these scenes didn't even need to be, like, why was there a storyline about how Sal is lightweight interested in his sister?
0: Like, that, <laughs> it, it didn't make sense to me. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. We thought about this look i mean like and i was really confused in mo better blues like are we all like pretending like draw at least fine <laughs> <laughs> i've been wearing this for, like 30 I years I'm like i think she's pretty in this one she's this is, is the best she looks this yeah. Is definitely, yeah, I mean, especially when she comes up with a little summer dress and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, all right. I would just say this: though. I get really confused though on Mo better Blues though. Next movie when it's like between her and, and the other chick though, I'm like, <laughs> for real. I'm like, for real, Denzel. Like, is this really a choice? <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm like, what's
0: the dilemma, Denzel? <laughs> well,
2: yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge yeah. when we get
0: there. But yeah, dude, yeah so but yeah, the, I thought sure. that was kind of funny. How much the the uh, the, the the dad was into her? Here's a scene. Here's my least favorite scene, which I didn't like. I don't like the storyline. It always bothers me. The kid Eddie, who like oh, gets hurt in that whole random thing, and his mom whips yeah. the shit out of him and stuff. I just <laughs> always remember being like, "Oh my god, I love this movie." There's a little kid that I was really like the age of that kid when that came on out too. So I'm like, "Yeah, oh, it's like my yeah," character. and then it goes left really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for no reason. Yeah,
1: that was like another scene yeah. where it was just like. Everybody, everybody's just like, "Whoa, whoa,
0: what are you hitting him for?" I, really get, the, I really get the message of it. <laughs> what's the mess, I mean, what's the message? Don't of? tell me how to raise my kids. Bye. Like what? Yeah. And this <laughs> was like I won't let nobody question it. Not even his dad. I was like, "Damn." So like, yeah. the dad can he like? All right. <laughs> like She was like, so the dad comes back home. He's like, so what happened? We're like, well, he ran out on the street. An old man sitting from the car. He got bruised. So I whipped a shot at him. He need to whip the shot at him too. And his Dad's like, "Wait, I got some questions. No questions. I will not let anybody question how I raise my kids. Whup his ass. It's like, what? Uh, yeah, Yeah, that's one question. I will not let anybody question how I raise my kids. Understand that scene? But he had a oh, he had a shirt though that was called the butt. So it was like the song from that's like, cool. The, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like there was what was the message? He was like also." Also, yeah I, this is a movie
1: about racial tensions in America. also, side note, there's some crazy moms out there who don't <laughs> let anybody <laughs> tell them how to raise their kids. <laughs> okay, back to the movie <laughs> like, thanks,
0: thanks for now, this. now if I was time ty- if I was time to Hosey quote stuff, if I was time ty- to stuff i think I- I- I'd be like, yeah, that's the uh you know between the world and me, connection don't, don't yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't
0: know. that was that was weird.
1: Uh. Yeah,
0: I just want to see how. I mean, it could again that you could not have that scene in there, and like the whole movie would have been remained the same. I completely forgot about that scene because it made no <laughs> the plot. Not did not support shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh What's your what's your did you did you give your uh, rating right him?
1: No, I didn't. Weirdly, it's still two thumbs up. (laughs) I just felt like I (laughs) part a lot of it, but I'm like, man, I was really I really
0: enjoyed watching that. Yeah, two thumbs up. I think I don't know. We'll see if it goes. I may. uh, I'm going to try to go to Brooklyn a little bit. I'll be staying in Queens next week. Um, So where this was filmed on that street, they've like renamed that block. Do the right thing way. Kind of cool. All right. That'd yeah, be cool. Um, what well, I mean, Queens, I'm gonna try to go to Linden Boulevard. That's called a Tribe called Quest way. Um, and I think somewhere in Brooklyn where Biggie grew up, like it's like the Christopher Wallace way. So I'm gonna try to go to some of those hip hop places. Um, well, this was a great review. Again, I think we referred to this as like his magnum. Um, I think this is probably like my in my top three. Of Spike Lee films um I'm gonna do a deep dive on Robin Harris maybe before we kind of close, any of y'all have any thoughts do you are you familiar with Robin Harris any and Malcolm or he's before your time yeah yeah I've seen him in like the house parties and heard his stand-up and stuff like that do you seem pretty familiar with him I guess yeah I mean he was in some pretty rewatchable films he's almost kind of like the guy I don't know if you know um are you familiar with The Godfather? Yeah. You know the guy who played Fredo? Mm-hmm. He died really young, but he was like, the movies that he acted in though were like all like big movies in the 70s and stuff. Like mm-hmm. The Deer Hunter and stuff. I feel like Robin Harris was at that way because like his first film was this. And then he did this, House Party, Mo' Betta Blues, and had a great comedy thing. And it was like in five years. And then he ended up being uh, Martin Lawrence's mentor. Did you know that Martin Lawrence and him met on the filming of this? And, um, <clears throat> and they also got further close on the filming of House Party. So unfortunately, when Robin Harris passed away, Martin Lawrence was cast originally as Pookie in New Jack City. But since his close friend and mentor, Robin Harris, passed away, he was so distraught that he bowed out of the role. Um and then Chris Rock ended up playing Pookie in New Jack City.
2: Damn.
3: So like the best thing that ever happened for Chris Rock's career is Robin Harris dying
1: Oh damn. I mean, I'm trying to think of something better that happened for Chris Rock's career than that movie.
0: Being but... good friends with Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean being, being the token, I'm not being the being the token black guy to Adam Sandler crew. Yeah. I'm
1: just being on Saturday Night Live for like that hot second he was on there.
0: At that time, yeah. Because, I mean, he didn't really do that good, but he was at that time with Sandler and Farley and the other dude. Well, yeah. and then
3: everybody, everybody the hates Cruise. Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Like, I feel like that kind of relaunched his career kind of a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't know. He probably made a lot of money after of that. I feel like that had a good impact on his career.
0: I haven't been too hip. Actually, I haven't really seen his recent Netflix one. I really enjoyed this Netflix one. I haven't watched the most recent one. But I tell you, man, dude, his like three from HBO. It's like bigger and blacker, the other ones, dude. I love Chris Rock's ones, like his HBO stand-ups. They're like really good if you go back and check them on out. They're pretty
1: that's that's the the funniest shit is the Michael Scott. Like that was in the (laughs) era when Michael Scott was like, Oh, I love Chris Rock. You ever heard the difference between black people and niggas?
0: Real talk, though that, that that was great. Oh, um, <laughs> you had me, I was doing some editing. I think I'm gonna put up the Jamie Foxx thing. Uh, you talked uh, the Jamie Foxx at the Shaquille O'Neal roast. You said he was the grossest uh, of some- guy. <laughs>
1: nice, yes, yeah. put that yeah. shit on. Yeah.
0: All right, fellas. Well, it's getting kind of long. We've been here, so uh, we're wrapping <laughs> on up. So, did you all so give wait? Is it six thumbs up? What was it? Yeah, six thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. nice. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, return next week with
2: uh, Mo' Better Blues. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Peace.
0: Born on September 6, 1964, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, Rosie Perez is a multifaceted actress who has made an indelible mark on the world of entertainment. Her journey into the realm of acting commenced at an early age, fueled by an unwavering passion for the performing arts and an innate talent for storytelling. Rosie Perez's initiation into the entertainment industry was rooted in her early experiences in the world of dance and choreography. She honed her craft through various dance productions and quickly gained recognition for her exceptional talent and stage presence. Her unique blend of charisma and authenticity caught the eye of casting directors, specifically Roby Reed and Spike Lee, leading leading to her foray into film and television. In 1989, Rosie Perez made her electrifying film debut with a breakthrough role in Do the Right Thing, directed by the visionary Spike Lee. Her unforgettable performance showcased her ability to captivate audiences and marked the beginning of her illustrious career. Since then, Rosie Perez has continued to astound both viewers and critics with her exceptional performances across a diverse range of films and television shows. Her roles in movies like White Men Can't Jump, Fearless, and Perdita Durango highlighted her dynamic acting range, seamlessly transitioning between comedy and drama. Beyond her captivating on-screen presence, Rosie Perez has made significant contributions to the world of entertainment. Her talents extend to hosting, writing, and advocacy for important social causes. Her unwavering dedication to her craft and her ability to infuse depth and authenticity into her characters have cemented her status as a revered and influential figure in the industry. Join us as we pay tribute to this exceptional talent of Rosie Perez, and explore the diverse and impactful roles she has brought to the screen. From her early experiences in dance to her current successes in film and television, Rosie Perez's journey is a testament to the enduring power of passion, dedication, and extraordinary skill. What about wraps it up for this episode? We we'll hope you enjoy us for the upcoming episodes of Cinematic Minds as we continue to delve into the captivating world of entertainment through the lens of remarkable artists, people of color such as Rosie Perez. Thanks again. Peace.